That's from the beginning of the second parak of Ketzed Haregel until Daf Yutes Amudalaf, which is uh, today's Daf. Instinct and intention, Chatsi Nezek Tzrorot. Let's try and understand this concept of, of Shor Hamazik, the particular category of damages called Shor, the ox. The category is divided into two subcategories, and one of the subcategories is divided further. The category is Shor, the ox, and remember, these are not definitions, these are icons. So Shor does not mean damage caused by an ox. It can be caused by a dog or a cat or uh, possibly even an inanimate object. The Shor is an icon for a certain type of damage. That's the damage caused by something for which you are responsible something for which you should have been able to foresee the possibility of damage. And since it's your responsibility, you are obligated to pay and to compensate the Nizak, the person who has been damaged. Within Shor, we have Karen and Shane and Regal. Karen, again, is an icon called the horn. It doesn't mean it's only when the ox damages with a horn. It means Karen is aggression. When the ox is aggressive... Now, the ox can be aggressive in two ways. The ox can be aggressive unusually, because oxen are not naturally aggressive if they're not provoked. If an ox unprovoked goes and gores somebody or something and causes damage, that's called karen, that's called damage of the ox with his horn, the horn again being the icon for that particular type of damage. And in that situation, the owner of the ox is chayev only chatzinezek, is chayev only for half the damage, because he couldn't really have been expected to, to predict that his animal was going to gore. It's unnatural. It's not instinctual for an animal to gore if it's unprovoked. So he wouldn't have taken protective measures. If the animal consistently gores, that becomes its nature. And then you know you've got a goring animal, you've got an aggressive animal, and you take steps, then you become chayev nezek shalem. On the other side, you've got Shane Verega. Again, the icons are tooth and foot. Those are the icons. doesn't mean the damage is done with a tooth. It doesn't mean the damage is done with a foot. It means the damage is done instinctually, the way the animal naturally operates, which means the owner understands that this is a program. The animal is programmed that way. And the, the owner understands the program and should take the necessary steps to make sure that the animal doesn't go wandering into other people's property. So if, for example, you can imagine my ox wandering into your house and you've left on the house a Ming vase, as they say in English, or vase, as they say in American, you've left a Ming vase or vase on the floor. It's worth $100,000. My ox stands on it and destroys it. That's called regal. Because an ox normally walks. That's what oxen do. Oxen don't do, know the difference between a ming vase and an ordinary vase or no vase. They can't tell the difference. They walk wherever they walk and they stand on things. It's normal. And you, the owner, should have realized that and not let your ox wander around in the living room of your neighbor. That's quite simple and that's called regal. And you chayav nezek shalem. You're completely obligated for that. What happens if my ox walks into your living room and sees the ming vase on the coffee table? And he gives it a kick and smashes it. What is that? That's not regal. It's not doing it instinctually. That's not what oxen do. So that's caring. 
Although he didn't use his horn, as we said, carrion is an icon, carrion is not a definition. He used his foot, but it was, it was aggressive. That's what oxen do. That's not what they're programmed to do. And I couldn't have known that my ox would do that. Therefore, I'm only chayev chatzinezek. Only $50,000 is what I would have to pay, not the full $100,000. And even that probably not, because I pay no more than the ox is worth in the case of chatzinezek. At the beginning of our peric, we're introduced to a, a new category. And we'll see how new the category is. The category is called Chatsi Nezek Tzrorot, and, we, and we'll learn about it in, in a moment. But what's important in this Gemara is to appreciate that the Gemara sets apart instinctual behavior and intentional behavior. Kavanatola Hazik, intentional behavior of an animal, is Karen. Instinctual behavior of an animal is Shane Viregel. Those are the two subcategories of Shor. And if it's instinctual, it can't be intentional. If it's intentional, it's not instinctual. In the case of an animal, what's important to understand is that a human being is different. A human being can take something instinctual and elevate it to the level of intentional. And we do that with many of our mitzvot. If, you, if we eat a, a meal and we say a brocha, what are we doing? Eating is instinctual. Saying a brocha is intentional. By saying a bracha on the eating, we're taking the instinctual and elevating it to an intentional. Because everything a human being does should be intentional. That's what makes a human being human. A human being should never say, well, it was just instinctual. I just got angry. I just got mad at somebody. I just did that. There's no just. I'm only human. There's no such thing as only human. A human being is only a little bit less than Hashem himself. What do you mean only human? A human being is like a malach. A human being is unbelievable. So to say, I'm only human, I just did something, I was driven by instinct. No such thing. A human being has the capacity to override instinct. And I instinctually I want to eat, but it's not mine, so I don't eat it. Instinctually I want to talk Losh and horror, but I don't. I, I'm able to do that. I can override my instinct. Or I can take my instinct and elevate it to the level of intention. That's what humans can do, but animals can't do that. So as we learn about the shore, we've always got to understand the difference between that animal part of us which is all about the shore. We're not just learning about animals. We're learning about the animal program in the human being. But bear in mind always that the human being, Adama Mezik, is different because the human being is capable of overriding instinct and of elevating instinct. So let's go through some of the lomdas if we can. So the Mishnah says, how does regal work? The Shabeh Bader Chilucha. Animal just walks in its normal way and it breaks Ming vases on the floor. It's... The owner is chayv, the owner is obligated to pay for those ming vases. Haitam bevaetet, but if the animal kicked to the ming vase, osha yutsorot menatzim mitachat raglea, here's the new category. He's walking outside and your ming vase is on a low table. You were having a picnic outside, you were having lunch outside in your yard, and your ming vase is on the table. The animal walks past kicks up some stones as he walks, and a stone flies and shatters the Ming vase. That's the new category. What is that? Why? Is that because it's Karen? Is that because it's intentional damage like going? Or was this something different? Explains Rashi. This is a halacha. It's not shinu. It's not the animal's not doing anything non-instinctual. The animal's not doing anything intentional. This is not karen. This is not horn stuff. The animal is walking and kicking up stones. That's what animals do. 
אפילו אחי חצי נזק וצולו סטולי אוני פי 50% דהילכתי גמירי לו דת הלוכה למשה מסיני. This was taught to משה on Sinai, this is not worked out logically, this is a principle given. Where do we get this? Ask Rove in Ondaf Yud Zayin Amud Beis, ask Rove. According to the Rabbonin, who hold this principle of Chatsi Nezek Tzorot, Sumchus doesn't hold it, but leave that aside for the moment, says Rove either way. If an animal kicks and the stone he kicked broke the vase, do we call that gufo? Do we say the animal did it? Or do we say it was koho? It was the animal's energy, but not the animal's body. If it was the animal's body, if we consider it as the animal, you should pay full damages. Then it's like regal. If it's not the animal's body, you shouldn't pay at all. What is this chatzin ezek? If it's keren, then I understand. But we're saying it's not keren. This is, so, so why chatzin ezek? Why half? This is a halacha l'moshim b'sinai. That's where Rashi gets it from. On our Gemara and Daf Yudzayin, I would base a very important principle of Rova that we'll use throughout the Masechta, that Chatzin Ezek Tzorot is given to us as a halacha l'moshim b'sinai. Explains the Rambam. And you need to work out, you need to look at the wording of the Rambam very carefully. Says the Rambam in the Perish HaMishnayus, the one category is damage that she does, the animal does, an animal generally does that kind of activity, that's, that's Shane Verego. What is There are two kinds of meaning two kinds of non-instinctual behavior of an animal. The one is the animal rarely does that. Like just deciding to, to shatter a Ming vase. Well, animals don't shatter Ming vases. It's not what they do. It's not their thing. So that would be one case of Shiloh Kedarka. Another case, Through an indirect force. It's not the animal breaking the vase. A stone broke the vase. Broke the vase. But the animal kicked the stone. That's called Chatzinezek Tzorus. And as we'll see in, in Rabbi Sezalman and elsewhere, the, the idea here is an animal doesn't consider second and third order consequence. An animal kind of understands that if he kicks the Ming, the Ming vase, he's going to shatter the Ming vase. He, he gets that. So there's some kind of intentionality in the animal. But an animal can't figure out that if I kick the stone and the, the, he can't project the, the trajectory of the stone and realize the stone is going to hit the Ming vase. Sometimes even people who fire rockets into Israel don't figure out where, the, where it's going to land. They, they get it wrong mostly. An animal certainly can't figure out where a, a random stone being kicked up is going to land. There's no connection, therefore, between the damage and the animal's intention and the animal's action. That's what, what the Rambam explains. There's two kinds of shalokadarka. One is it's just something the animal doesn't do. And the second one is it's one that the animal doesn't connect with. That's also called shalokadarka. Because humans can make that connection. Animals cannot make that connection. And therefore it's shalokadarka and it's chatzinezek. So Rambam is explaining even though it's aloha, he's giving us some kind of logical understanding of why chatzinezek tzoros, why in the case of kicking up stones and the stone causes the damage, there's a, there's a chatzinezek. Al Gemara says on Adaf, and Daf Yutesamudalaf, Rabbi Yumiya asks Rabbi Zeira. Now here what's interesting to look at are two girsaot, two different versions. 
And, and it's very interesting if we look at this carefully. The, in our Gemara, the Ba'ata is in, in brackets, in parentheses. The animal was walking in the public domain, out nobody's property, just out in the street. And it kicked a stone, and the stone f- flew and damaged the Ming vase. Do we say she kicked? That's Karen. And therefore you should be chayef. Or Dilma told the regel who fturo, or maybe this is, this is regel. And since you're in Rishut HaRabim, regel is not chayef in Rishut HaRabim. An animal is not, ob- you, you, the owner is not obligated for damage an animal does instinctually in the public domain where the animal is allowed to be. He's, the, a person is responsible for damage that the animal does intentionally in the public domain, but not for damage that the animal does instinctually. And if it's regel, it means it's instinct. If it's instinct, it should be potter. The Gemara says it seems to be that it's told that the regal. And again, Rashi puts biata in, in, in parenthesis. Rabbeinu Hananel does not have biata in his version. Boy, Rabbi Yemiyam ayam alechet bishut rabim v'itiza. Rabbeinu Hananel's Gemara didn't have that word uviata that we have in brackets, which makes it very difficult to understand. And by the way, the riff follows Rabbeinu Hananel. The riff is a Talmud of Rabbeinu Hananel. So the reef has the same version as Rabbeinu Hananel, which is not like our version. So it would read, This animal is walking in Rishus Harabim, didn't kick. It's just kicking up stones as it walks, normal. And the stone shattered the Ming vase. Now that doesn't really make sense. Why is Rabbi, Zera, why is Rabbi Yirmi even asking such a question? Of course that's Tzorus. That's the case of Tzorus. That's the case of, of, uh, of, of kicking up stones. and That's it. What, what are you even talking about? Why is that a question? Just because it's in Rishut Rabim, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Notice the Rambam, who is a Talmud of the Rif indirectly. The Rambam regards the Rimi Gash as his father and his Rebbe, and the Rimi Gash is a Talmud of the Rif, you'll remember. And the Rambam almost always follows the Rif. Uh, but here the Rambam says, What does he do? A different version? Does he not accept the Rif's version? Why does the Rambam put the word V'yatai in? Because the Rambam learns you can't learn this without V'yatai, even if you don't have it in the version. The Gomorrah's question must be, what happens if the animal kicks a stone? The Gomorrah can't possibly be talking about the animals just walking and a stone flies off its foot. It clearly is talking about Beata. So even though the Rif doesn't have it in his version, says the Rambam, you've got to understand that that is, that is really the question. And the Evan Ho'ezel, Rabbi Zalman, Rabbi Zalman was the great Rosh Yeshiva of, of, of Eitz Chaim here in Yerushalayim. Before that, he was in, in, in Europe, was one of the very great Rosh Yeshivas in, in Europe. And I've told you before that one of my father's regrets till his dying day was that he, he had one opportunity in his life to see Rabbi Sazalman. And he wouldn't have had the time to speak to him. He would only have had the time to see him, to walk into the yeshiva, take a look and go because he had a flight to catch. And Rabbi Elia had asked him to do just that. And, and the next time he was in Israel, Rebellia said, did you go and see Rebis' almonds? I told you to do it. My father said, I had a plane to catch. We couldn't even stop and have a look at him. And, and Rebellia said to my father, you would not have been the same person. Had you just stopped and had a look at him, you would never have been the same again. That's Rebis' almond. Just to understand the greatness of these people, we're going to look at a, a Reboruch Bear in a moment. I spoke to a Talmud of Reboruch Bear once. who was a young boy when he was in in Reboruch Be'er's yeshiva, and I said, did you ever understand Reboruch Be'er's shiurim? Because it's very difficult to understand even the written ones. He said, no, of course not. Never understood a word of them. I said, did you ever miss a shir of Reboruch Be'er? He said, chas never miss a shir of Reboruch I said, why would you never miss it if you didn't even understand it? He said, because you weren't the same. 
after you'd heard a shir of Reboruch Ber, even if you didn't understand a word of it, you weren't the same anymore. That's the power. This is the, the kedusha of these, of these great people. And this is our generation. This is 100 years ago. These are people that, that we know. Our rabbeim know and learnt, and learnt with them. That, that's how great they were. Rabbi Sazalman says, it's not the same as stamping on the Ming vase. Stamping on the Ming vase is instinctual, the kind that, that we understand. But kicking the Ming vase is something the animal can't, can't put together. Beata is a different category. To kick, not kicking the Ming vase, that the animal understands. To kick a stone and understand the stone could damage the Ming vase, that the, the animal doesn't make that connection because animals can't make that connection. And that's why that's a different question that the Gemara is asking. What happens if he kicks? And that's why you've got to have kick in it because without the kicking, it's obvious. It's the kicking that using an instrument, using a weapon of destruction is not something animals do. They destroy with their bodies. They destroy with their own energy. But to use a weapon of destruction, an animal doesn't do. That's why you can't call these people down the road in, in Gaza. You can't call them animals. Animals don't do that. They don't use weapons of destruction. They, they, they cause damage as they go around their daily life. But they don't use method, weapons of destruction. Using a weapon of destruction is kavanatolazik. You can only use a, wep a weapon of destruction if it's intentional. And animals are not intentional in, in that kind of a way. They might be intentional if they use their body. They push against you. They gore you. They know what they're doing. But to kick a stone and understand that the stone is going to cause damage 10 yards away, that they don't understand. That's not how an, how an animal operates. The, the piece of, of, of Reboruch Be'er that I photostated, Reboruch Be'er, interestingly, is not available digitally in any form. So I, I had to photostat it for you out of my own version, which is why it's come out not so clear. I'm sorry. But what Reboruch Be'er does here, he quotes his Rebbe, Reb Chaim. And he says, Reb Chaim innovated an important idea saying, this Chatzinezek Tzorot is not that the Torah tells us, the Halachal Moshe Misinai, that it's a, a reduced fine. Instead of full damage, you pay half damage. What the Halachal Moshe Misinai is telling us, this is a new category of Nezek. Within Shor, there is Shein, there is Regel, there is Keren, and there's Chatzinezek Tzorot. There's a different kind of a category that there is a situation where an animal damages with its energy and not with its body, and still you're partially responsible for that because you should have predicted that that's something that could happen, even though the animal didn't intend it to happen. That's what happens when animals walk and there's stones around. You should have been able to figure that out to some degree. And you're for and that's why we've got a Rashi on Daf Yudzayim also where Rashi says even if the animal does that kicks up stones it's like a, a pig kicks it up with his nose it's still told it regal it's still called regal it's still because that's a category of regal regal is the limb an animal uses to throw a weapon of destruction like we use a hand an animal uses its leg that's the only way it can do something not with its own body. It can go with its, go with its horns, that's its own body. It can push with its body, that's its own body. But to kick a stone, it needs its foot. So it's always regular. No matter what part of its body a particular animal uses, a, a dog picks up a, a ball and throws the ball with its mouth and the ball causes damage, that's regular. That's chatzinezik tzorot of regular. That would be a case of of, of Regal in that case. And in all this whole discussion, so we've introduced the idea of Chatzinezik Tzorot, which is an idea which we will revisit over and over again in, in Bovakama. 
But what's important again is, as we said at the outset, we're studying animals. We're studying animals and therefore we're also studying the animal in us. In animals, intentionality and instinct are separate. An animal cannot have intention if it's doing something instinctual. If an animal is doing something intentionally, it's not instinctual. Not so with human beings. Human beings can do something that is instinctual and elevate it to the level of intention. And that's called a mitzvah or an avera. And a human being can elevate, a, it can take a, an instinctual impulse and can override the instinctual impulse. We have that ability. A human being can never use instinct as an excuse. And, and a human being can never use I'm only human as an excuse because there's no such thing as only human. A human being is the most powerful, the most wonderful, the most supreme being that Hashem created on this earth. And we are responsible for our actions and we are accountable for our actions because everything we do has the capacity to be intentional and we're expected to make it intentional. Mm -hmm.